This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a drama coach to be an IT guy. Yeah, I'm having trouble logging in. I'm not buying it. Say it again, this time with feeling. I can't log in? Come on, man. I want to feel your struggle. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Now, like your life depends on it. I can't log in. Yes, we'll make an actor out of you yet. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Listen to the West Amway podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi. Good evening and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and serial YTK blogger, XWHU employee. After swapping Cardiff for East London at a young age, James Collins came to West Ham with his pal Danny Gabidon, and unbeknownst to him, would go on to become a cult hero at the club. Tonight, the man we know as the Ginger Pele will be joining myself and X to talk about his life at West Ham before answering questions from our collective followers on social media. It's going to be a cracking show, so don't go anywhere. Myself and X are going to be enjoying this podcast with a few drinks tonight, thanks to our old friends at Beer 52, who have sent us a package of eight craft beers. And I'm sure you'll agree, X, that these are lovely. Yeah, I mean, they're not the sort of stuff you can, I usually drink because they're not available in supermarkets, but it's, uh, it's well worth um, having. And um, yeah, looking forward to doing this interview with these beers in hand. Absolutely. And the really good news is that if you listen to the West Ham Way podcast and you're entitled to get these eight carefully sourced crafted beers that also comes with a snack and a magazine for just £5, that is pretty much the price of a pint at the London Stadium. And that fiver also includes delivery to your front door. What a deal. What a selection of beers. All you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash west that's www 
beer52.com forward slash west to claim this offer and get those beers in your fridge. If you subscribe to Beer 52, then they will send you a different selection of beers every single month. If you do want to change your mind, then you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Your first case is a special selection of top brews from the UK and around the world. These are chosen by Beer 52 experts that feature silky stouts, crisp craft lagers and hoppy IPAs. Right, I'm going to open up this beer and now we're going to open up a conversation with James Collins. How are you, Ginge? Yeah, I'm good. Holding up somehow, but um, yeah, getting on with it. It's, it's all right for me. I've been, I've been in quarantine pretty much since I left West Ham anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, we, we're going to be talking about West Ham and uh, I want to take you back to when you was a young man at Cardiff. And, yeah. Uh, you learnt about the interest from West Ham wanting to take you and Danny to the East End. What do you remember from that time? How did the move come about? And what was your gut reaction to West Ham's interest? Well, I remember we played against you boys, I say you boys, West Ham at Upton Park the season before in the Championship. And uh, me and Danny, obviously Gabs, played centre-half for Cardiff. We played up against uh, Jermaine Defoe and all them boys and we had a great game. But to be fair, that season, me and Gabs were we were on fire for Cardiff. Uh, I think we only conceded like 30, 40, well, maybe I could be lying there, 40, 50 goals in the championship. And then uh, obviously left, season finished, went uh, went away on holiday with the uh, with the family or whatever and come back in pre-season and Dave Jones had just taken over at Cardiff. And obviously we were sort of the, the prize asset at Cardiff at the time. Well, I think we're struggling financially. But he pulled me and Gabs in, i never forget it, first day, and said, you, uh, I know there's a bit of interest in you two boys, but you're not going anywhere. So he was like, oh, well, bollocks, that's, that's done. We're not, we're not leaving sort of thing. And then uh, literally the next day, uh, our agent at the time was <clears throat> Cyril Regis, God rest him. And uh, yeah, said we we're on the way to West Ham, which was a bit of a turnaround considering we weren't leaving the day before. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you feel about that at the time? Yeah, buzzing. Well, to be honest, it was it was me and Gabs was sort of together to West Ham, but I had I had had Wigan in, in the morning for me, I think it was. Just me on my own. And uh, I didn't fancy Wigan too much, as you can imagine. And then obviously <laughs> moving to the chance of moving to London with obviously my best mate and who I had a great relationship on the pitch with as well as off the pitch was was a no brainer. So we literally just said our sort of said our goodbyes at Cardiff, jumped in the car. Me and Gabs together. I remember Gabs driving up. Uh, and then, yeah, straight in, met Pards and Peter Grant, who was his number two at the time. We met him at the uh, the old Swallow Hotel, which is now the, the Marriott, down in Waltham Abbey. Yep. Had a chat and then away we gone, straight for our medicals. And then we signed the next day and, and never looked back. Yeah. yeah. Happy days. And it took a little bit of um, a time for you to make your debut, which came in the League Cup of 4 2 win over Sheffield Wednesday. What was it like yeah. to finally get on the pitch for us? Yeah, incredible. Um, I think I came up and I I think I might have got injured in pre-season or something stupid, typical what I'd do. Uh, <laughs> I remember Pards having a conversation. Gabs won't mind me saying this, but they actually fancied me more than Gabs at the time. I don't right. know if it's because of my age or whatever, but Gabs, I'm, I'm not talking. Gabs will tell you the same story. And... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't get off to the best start. I don't know if it's because of the move or whatever, or moving. Obviously, I was living in Newport, where I was from. Uh, the move up and then got injured. 
and, and Gab's got off to a flyer. Gab's and Anton in the league got off to an absolute flyer. So, you know, I had to sit back and and bide my time, really. And then obviously, like you say, the Sheffield United game, uh, Sheffield Wednesday game come along and, and, and buzzing just to, to get out there and show what I could do, really. You actually scored your first goal. I think it was a one-all draw away against oh, Portsmouth on Boxing Day. Boxing Day. Um, you scored a few for us, Ginge. What was your favourite in a West Ham shirt? Oh, good question. Uh, I didn't score enough, to be honest. The amount of corners <laughs> I used to go up for, I was nowhere near it. Most memorable was probably my first one uh, at um, at Portsmouth, like you say, because all my family were up that Christmas and they were in the uh, in the crowd at Portsmouth randomly. They didn't go to a lot of away games. Uh, and I remember driving back to Newport, I think, with them that night after the game and obviously scored, didn't get the win, but... I was pretty happy with the way I played, so I had a good night with them back Boxing Day in Newport. So that was probably the most memorable. Uh, the best oh, it's either got to be Chelsea away, mm. left foot volley, but we lost that game. But I also like my second header against Man United in the FA Cup. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. I scored two that night. Yeah. And, uh, yep. Yeah, if I had here that night, that second goal wouldn't have gone in. <laughs> <laughs> sort of skidded off the sweat and went in the top corner. Yeah, so that, I'd, I'd probably go United for me. Uh, United in the FA Cup. Yeah, nice. yeah that, 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 that night actually got spoiled as well, I remember, by a late goal by Giggs or Van Persie, I think. Yeah, it was two all, wasn't it? Two all, late doors, yeah. Yeah, typically of them, Rivas. Um, mm. So in um, in your first season, we did really well in the league. We made the cup final. Um, yeah. Why was that team so successful? Uh, I think it's a number of reasons. To be fair, uh, I think Pards was brilliant for us. He understood the the group we had. We had a lot of young players. Uh, like myself and Danny obviously playing in the league for the first time uh, we had Teddy Sheridan there who was massive his experience and I think Pards just managed us well as well uh, we went out played with no fear obviously up from the championship uh, not a lot of people were talking about us doing anything and we went out and played just played freely uh, played with a lot of flair obviously we had uh, Yossi was Yossi there at the time wasn't he yeah uh, not, uh, yes, yeah, Yossi yeah, would have been there, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 he would, yeah. Like this sort of flair player that was was just making things happen. And like I said, a, a group of young, enthusiastic lads that wanted to do well. And uh, and, it, and it just ticked. We all got on incredibly. It's probably the stall to this day, the best dressing room I've ever been in. Yeah, and that's so key, isn't it? You know, you can recruit for, for quality, but mentality and camaraderie within yeah. your recruitment is so important, James, isn't it? Yeah, I think if you haven't got a group of lads that are all pulling in the same direction and all want to, all winners, do you know what I mean? We'd, we'd yeah. sort of die for, die for each other on the pitch. And if you haven't got that, I understand you've got to have a few players that are mavericks, if you like, the West Ham always had. But the core of the group have got to be pulling in the same direction and, and all wanting to do well and, and, and win every game you go into. And, and certainly that year... Uh, 2005 six. That's what we had in abundance. You know, our mm. our team spirit was incredible. Mm. Um, and that team spirit took us to the FA Cup final in 2006. Yeah. A subject that's very difficult for West Ham fans. Everyone to, talk about. to speak about. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, 100%. Um, how long mm. did it take the players to get over that? And what was the overall experience like at the time? Well, first of all, it took me a lot longer because I thought I should have started that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was on the bench. But um, <laughs> yeah, mad, mad old uh, mad old time. Um, 
I remember actually, I, I, forgive me if I've told this story before, but I remember sitting on the bench and come on, Matty Evans, obviously I'm close with Matty Evans and he had come off. And I remember looking at the clock and it was 90 odd minutes. And I just, I turned to Matty, it's probably my fault. West Ham fans are probably baby for this. I just turned to Matty and went, Jesus, geez, we've just won the FA, we're going to win the FA Cup, yeah. And I think I said something about to him, I'm going to be in faces with my medal on tonight or something stupid. <laughs> as, as, as I tended to do. And uh, bang, yeah, Gerard scored. And then, to be honest, looking back now, as soon as it went, it, it went to extra time, it was going to be, it was going to be difficult for us to win it, you know. If you yeah, came but, on, um, you'd take, would you have taken a penalty? I probably would have put my hand up, but everyone probably would have ignored me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, nah, yeah, I would, have, I would have stuck my hand up. I would have smashed it straight down the middle as hard as I can. That's all you can do in that in that, uh, in that that situation. But, um, yeah, I remember, obviously, the, the I don't remember a lot about after it, to be honest. You know, you're in such a such a daze of what just happened. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a mad old day, one that, Mm, it was so I mean, still still sour in everyone's minds, you know. It is, it is. Um, there's a couple of things I wanted to ask you actually, um, in relation to the cup final that that I'd yeah. heard. Firstly, is it true that Peter Check actually came to the training ground and and every player had six penalties against him each in preparation for penalties? Oh, no, I don't think that's true. I can't. So, I certainly can't remember it. I was probably injured at the time. I was probably in the med- I was probably in the ma- in the medical room or something. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the boys. Pra- I remember there being a lot of practice leading up to it, but I don't. I don't remember Peter Check coming in. And and the second thing I wanted to ask you was, I'd also heard that from the second the plane left Cardiff to the second it touched down in Stansted, Lionel Scaloni did not stop crying. Um, deservedly crying as well. <laughs> um, I, I don't. I, I probably didn't go, but I don't think I went back on the plane actually because obviously it was in Cardiff, so I probably would have stopped down. But um, yeah, he should he should still be crying now, that geezer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, obviously professionals make mistakes. You know, we yeah. understand as fans, and, and you'd understand it more than anyone as players. Was there any kind of tension or animosity towards him after that game, or, or not, from the players? No, I don't think so. Not, not you can't. No, nah. not, not that I recall. You know what I mean? It's, it's a split second decision. It's easy sitting here now, or a couple of days later, going, "Oh, he should have just let it run out of play." But when you're in the heat of the moment and you're and you're fighting for a win, you know, you, you're not often thinking, to be honest, about what you should and shouldn't do. He's thinking this last minute of the FA Cup final. I'm clearing this ball up the pitch. Mm. And obviously shanked it inside, and and the rest is history. But um, now nah, certainly, like I said, the, the group of players we had there at the time, certainly none of them that I would have known or heard of would have would have given him a, a hard time over it. Probably have since, mind, but not. not <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, the next year, you formed a really good partnership with Anton Ferdinand. Um, yeah. What was he like to play alongside, and who was your favourite centre back to partner? Anton was brilliant. He. Uh, it's funny, every, every sort of centre-half I played with, we sort of had different qualities, if, that's, if, if, if you know what I mean. I, I was yeah. the sort of the one, the ugly one that would go and edit and kick it and, and tackle everything that moved. And then sort of certainly with Gabs, he had the pace, who would sort of clean up behind. And, and Anton was similar. Gabs and Anton were very similar players where, you know, certainly with both of them that I played with, you know, the sort of stuff that I'd like to do, they didn't like to do, and the stuff that they did that I didn't like to do. So that's I think that's why... I sort of got on with everyone who I, who I sort of played with at West Ham because 
I sort of did all the ugly work for them. That's why I look like this, and they're all mm-hmm. the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so if, you, if you had to pick either Anton or Gabs in the cup final to play alongside you, ah, it's, not it's not a question. It's Gabs every time. Okay, I, love, I, love, I love Anton, and we still speak now, and he was a great player and had some great times with him, but you know, Gabs, it's, it's like playing, imagine playing in the FA Cup final with your best mate at centre-half. It's, it yeah. would have been, been unbelievable, but it didn't happen, but we'll see. We'll see. And it's like me and Dave playing the cup final together. Probably. Yeah, exactly. He's, six, he's six we'd, foot we'd be three shit, five it. foot seven. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bit of a strange combination. <laughs> it, it'd, be, it'd be a struggle because you'd be pissed before kick-off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, Ginge, I think this is the only time you've spoken to me sober. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's quite breaking for our relationship. Well, you or me? I've to ask you about Tevez and Mascherano because yeah. the fans just couldn't believe it. Um, what was the reaction like amongst the players? Because that was sensational at the time, wasn't it? I think it was the same as the fans, to be honest. Uh, I, I remember we didn't even hear a whisper. Do you know, as players, sometimes you hear like, oh, so-and-so's at the training ground or if someone's signing or someone's spoken to him. But I remember, I think I was, I think we was at home. It was that quiet between the lads that we didn't know. I think we watched Turn Sky Sports News on and see that famous picture of of Pards in the middle of them both. Yeah. And just yeah. thinking, Jesus, where, where the fuck are these two come from? Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then going into training the next day and just thinking, wow, these boys, like, obviously we had a good team and good lads, but these boys were just, just another level. Do you know what I mean? And just as soon as they come in. To be fair to them, both of them were great lads. Do you know what I mean? I've I, I got to say about Javier Mascherano, he, he he didn't, obviously everyone knows, he didn't play a great deal for West Ham, but he still, to this day, would say, up with Mark Noble, is one of the best trainers I've ever trained with. Really? Yeah, just every day, every tackle, wallop. Do you know what I mean? Like it was a game, like it was his last training session. And and, and he didn't play as much as, as obviously he would have wanted or, or we certainly wanted because what, what I saw and what we saw in training he would have been unbelievable for us but you know there's, there's certain things that went on that he didn't play and um, and that's history but and, and again the same as Carlos just a, just a different level just like any any time anyone asks me about like my top 11 I've played with Carlos is is, is in there every time because he was just phenomenal and a good lad as well. he, he says he didn't speak English but he fucking did he <laughs> <laughs> knew a few swear words yeah, exactly. well, <laughs> sitting next sitting next to me in the dressing room he would have heard it every couple of minutes so, <laughs> so, so that year we went it was a bit of a strange season obviously it all sort of started to go wrong for Pardew and then yeah. he left and then Kerbishley came in and we'd stayed up on the, the last day what was you know, what was the feelings when Pardew left and and feelings towards Kirby being appointed I think first and foremost Pards leaving was a shock to everyone I think obviously what we had done the year before uh, I still think that obviously he deserved more time um, mm. but obviously we all know as a football manager you don't get that when, when results ain't going right and we weren't playing well Got I don't know if he was a bit I don't want to say hungover or whatever from from the FA Cup final but we certainly didn't play anywhere near what we did the year before uh, for, for, for a number of reasons and and, and obviously Paz lost his job which was for me was very disappointing gutted really because I got on really well with him he showed a lot of faith in me and Gabs by signing us together and uh, it was a sad day for me 
But as you know, football moves on. Then then uh, curbs come in and sort of all. Well, it was a bit of bit of mixed results. I remember when curbs first come in. Uh, again, took time to go, and then obviously how we how we finished that season was will will live with me forever. Amazing. Yeah. It was incredible. I mean, you know, yeah. to go into the last game of a season to fight for Premier League survival was enough mm. pressure by itself, but to do it away at somewhere like Man United, I mean, tell me about what you remember with the nerves going into that game with yourself and, and your teammates. I mean, was you confident? Was you frightened? Was you anxious? Did you experience all of yeah. those things? Yeah, I think a bit of everything. But I've, I've got to say, going back, it, it started... Every West Ham fan I remember it started. Can you remember Blackburn away when Tevez is on the line and Zamos yeah. and, it's, and it's not gone in? That's where it started. And we obviously got that win. Mm. And I must say as well, Lucas Neal that season, who was our skipper, was unbelievable. In mm. in the dressing room, the way he talked to the lads and just brilliant. We had some massive results in that running. We went, like you say, we went to Arsenal, went to Arsenal and won one nil with Robert Green. We'll never have a game like it. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, 1-0 yeah. uh, just huge results. And Tevez gets all applauded, but I kept fucking six clean sheets <laughs> that fucking running. <laughs> <laughs> that's very uh, true. Yeah, it is. Uh, no one ever speaks about that. See, that's, that's, that, that's what it's like being an ugly centre-half. No one ever speaks about you. <laughs> yeah, but then obviously, all come into the Man United game. I, I, I very rarely got nervous when I, when I was playing. Nervous before games. Big games, obviously, like, that but I, I I tell you now I was shitting myself before that game. Yeah. Just just for the pure you know, you've got eleven lads out on the pitch, but what it meant what relegation means to a a club, the people who work at the club and obviously more to the fans, you know, to have that weight on your shoulders and, and go out and perform the way we did was was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a bit mad during the game because we were hearing you sort of hearing shouts and oohs and whatever from the crowd. So we didn't sort of know where we were in the game, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We didn't know yeah. if we were, because I think a draw, a draw in the end probably would have kept us up, was it? Am I right in saying that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's a long nose. But one thing I do remember, I was absolutely bollocks about 70 minutes, like out on my feet, and I looked over, and they were making a triple substitution. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, here we go. <laughs> I look, look over, they brought on Ronaldo, Giggs, and Skulls on the 70th minute. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, I can't run now, let alone what I'm going to be like by 90 minutes. But uh, yeah, it was a great effort. I like, loved that. That's, that's all me, that 1-0 up, defending the lead and, and hopefully defending the lead that you keep a club in the, keep our club in the, in the Premier League was was perfect scenario for me. Yeah, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Chuck your body on the line. That's what you get paid for. That's what, you know, that's what people want to see. Yeah. So despite all those efforts, again Kerbishy left and in came Zola. What what was he yeah. like? What was Zola like as a manager? Uh, yeah, that was, again Kerbs left. It was a bit of an odd one. Um, and then Zola come in. All I remember the first couple of days, he, he joined in training, and me and Mark Noble went up to him and went, "Gaffer, any chance in like signing on so you can play for us? Like being our manager, <laughs> we want you playing." <laughs> but uh, now he's brilliant. Uh, he had Steve Clark with him. Who I must say, Steve Clark was was excellent. Sort of brought. I don't want to disres- disrespect Curbs in any sort of way by saying it's sort of a, a more modern sort of way of training and the way training was set up sort of thing. So obviously mm-hmm. Clarky had worked with Mourinho for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you'd go out for training, everything would be set up 
uh, each session. A bit, so you'd you'd go into the warm up, you'd be bang straight into another into a session that's already set up, and it just flowed a bit better. Like I said, taking nothing away from Curbs, like it, it, that wasn't how it was done with him, but that was the main difference with Zola, like the the organisation of the training and sort of standards went up because of obviously what he was like as a player, you know. Yeah, yeah. We had Jack Collison on last week and he was talking yeah. about just how good Zola was. And I think it was his first day taking training. And yeah. I think he, he spinned someone in Chip Robert Green. And I think all the players just stood and applauded him. Yeah. Jack said he was just incredible. Yeah, I think a ball's been rolled into him. And I think he's done some mad little spin on, I think it was Matty Upson. Uh, and then Green is off his line about two yards, nothing. Do you know what I mean? In a good position. And Zola's just dinked him. And everyone, I think training stopped to applaud him. And this is the gaffer, like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Oh, yeah. I, I wonder if he would have actually been any good for us if he did say, right, yeah, fair enough, I'll play. I would be interested do, you know, do you know what we used to laugh about? Like, after, tra- after training, most days, to be fair, you'd take Nobes and one or two others. And he'd set up 10 free kicks on the right, 10 in the middle and 10 on the left. And he'd, start, he'd stay out there with Nobes for, I don't know, an hour probably hitting these free kicks, and I kid you not, out of thirty balls, both sides, all sides, Zola would probably score twenty-four goals. It was like it was it was off the charts what this geezer was doing. So we were saying, is there any way we can get a ruling that's like NFL? Yeah, you just wheel a kicker on to take the free kick <laughs> yeah. and wheel him back off. <laughs> but How many did Noble get out of those? About three, probably. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but just just an all-round great fella. Nice fella, do you know what I mean? Pleasure to work for. Yeah. Well, in September 2009, you found mm. yourself working for a different manager at a different club because you left to yeah. go to Aston Villa. Yeah. What, why did you leave the club, Ginge? Um, I was told to, if, if we're brutally honest. Uh, or politely asked to because of the financial situation that was going on at the time uh i think they needed the money that's that's generally all i know they needed the money um i don't know if people know this but i went up to i went up and had a day up at stoke i spoke to stoke first uh they accepted a bid i think four or five million at the time from stoke and obviously tony pulis being stoke managers from newport my hometown back in wales I've gone up there, chatted with Pulis. I got to know Tony anyways, t- chatted to him and uh, and sort of got in the car with him. He was driving me around, showing me houses and the training ground, etc. as they do. And I just didn't really have a... I just didn't have a great feeling about it. Um, I don't know why. I don't know what the feeling was. I just, I just wasn't feeling it. So I came back down to London uh, and spoke to the powers that be at West Ham at the time and said, look, I, I, I don't fancy Stoke. I'm not going. And I think they were disappointed because obviously they weren't getting the money. And then I think the next the next day, deadline day, and uh, and and Villa were on the phone. Martin O'Neill phoned me up directly. They put a bid into West Ham, accepted, and went up and and signed that day. Yeah, which was all a bit of a bit of a whirlwind because knowing that I didn't want to didn't want to leave West Ham, but Aston Villa at the time were doing very well. Um, I, Martin O'Neill had a you know, straight away I could tell he would be a sort of manager that would that would sort of appreciate my game and the way he was talking, the way he wanted me to play would, would suit me perfectly. So, yeah, ended up signing a, a four-year deal at Villa, begrudgingly, but worked out all right for me in the end. So, mm. so when, when Stoke were interested, was that when uh, Massey Everington was at Stoke and what did he have yeah, to say? Matty was he was at that. Yeah, 
Matty was up there, yeah. Matty was sort of on the phone saying you're coming up, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think you get these feelings as player, as a player. You just you can see yourself settling somewhere or playing for a certain team. And I don't know why at the time I just didn't I didn't see myself at Stoke. And uh, well, it's, it's probably, a shit hole for a start, isn't it? Yeah, well that as well. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, just I, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things that in the back of my I think obviously the, the main thing in the back of my head was if I turn down Stoke, I, there's a chance I'll stay at West Ham, not, yeah, knowing, yeah. That, not knowing that Villa were going to come in the next day. So, um, yeah, turned that down. And like I said, went up to went up to Villa and worked for Martin O'Neill and and had a great season that season, to be fair. Well, maybe it's just like Claret and Blue, mate. Because, uh... Yeah, exactly. That's funny enough. Well, that went well, a good thing is I ain't got to buy a new fucking scarf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so, and on that note, you came back to West Ham in 2012. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did that happen? You know, we, we'd just been promoted. and I guess you were really happy when we, kept, when we showed the interest again. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it was a mad one. I was away on, uh, I think I was in Chicago with Villa at the time. And Paul, Paul Lambert had just previously, that, that pre-season, just come in to, uh, to Aston Villa as manager. And the, and the end of the, the season before, I had a couple of scrapings with a few bouncers in Birmingham and blah, 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 in, <laughs> in, uh, as you do, coming from Newport. And um, <laughs> I come in first day pre-season, Paul Lambert manager, and I could tell straight away, this, this geezer's not having me one bit. I don't know what it was. But he, I don't know, yeah, he just wasn't having me. So, um, yeah, it was a mad one. I was in, in Chicago. And I, I hadn't spoke to Nobs for a while. I, I normally speak to him every every couple of weeks or whatever. But I think I come in from training, I had like five missed calls off Nobs. And I'm thinking, what's up here? Why, why is this geezer phoning me? So I phoned him back and he went, geezer, Sam's on, he wants you back. So I was like, sweet. Uh, all over it, obviously buzzing. Couldn't believe my luck. Obviously my wife being from being from Essex and that. And um, so he went quiet and I went, lovely, tell Big Sam I'm all over it. I'll, I'll walk there. I'll, I'll swim back from Chicago and I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> and he, and he, um, he went quiet for a couple of days. I got back from Chicago, back at Bodymore Heath, Aston Villa training ground. And uh, I think it was a Sunday. I don't know what I was in on a Sunday. And um, Paul Lambert pulls me, Ginge, can I see you? But bearing in mind, this deal's I've done the deal. I've done the deal with Sam. I've done the deal with my agent, the club. All the money's done. Everything's done. But Lambert don't know this. So I've gone. He's gone in and gone. Ginge, we've uh, accepted a bid from West Ham for you. I was like, all right, really? That's just surprising. <laughs> uh, so he went right. Take yourself home tonight. Have a think about it and come back in and tell me in the morning. So I'm thinking, all right, lovely. I walked out of his office. I stood in the reception of Bodymore Heath for about three and a half minutes, walked back in his office and went, see you later, Gaffer, I'm off. I'm sorted. <laughs> <laughs> you really? Yeah, swear to God. Knocked his door, boss, I've done it. He went, that's the quickest negotiations I've ever heard. I went, do you not, do, do, do you not think I knew it was coming? <laughs> went, 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 went back to my house and, uh, and packed up and drove straight, to, uh, straight back to London. Wow. Um, yeah. What was Sam like to work for? Because, um, you know, fans... It's all divided fans, you know. A lot of yeah. fans weren't having him. Yet for me, I thought he'd done a fantastic job. He he, he did what he was paid to do. Big yeah, character, exactly. very likable man. From a player's perspective, how did you find your time under him? I loved it, every minute of it. The thing is with Big Sam, he played football the way he thought was the best way to win football matches with the players he had at the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. No disrespect to anyone who was in that team. We had unbelievably technical players, but. 
Sam thought as the manager, the best way we're going to win football matches is by playing the way we did. And I don't think anyone could knock him for, for doing what he'd done for the club. I think he'd done a tremendous job. Coming up from the championship, the way he did, and, and keeping us in the league and then staying there for as long as we did is, is an incredible job. Because you look at clubs now who come up, who struggle straight away. And we, we a few hairy moments, but realistically, we were never going to go down because of the way that the, the lads he got in. Obviously, Kev Nolan was skipper, who was, who was unbelievable. It was, it was great to see back at the club now. And just mm. had good lads. Again, another great dressing room. Good lads who all wanted to do well and wanted got on unbelievably well on and off the pitch and, what, and really wanted to do well and, um, and play to the way the boss told us to. Mm. Mm. Uh, I think it's fair to say that he never really, like, as we say, got the fans round. And then eventually no. it was probably the fans that forced him out in the end because he didn't actually do anything wrong. I thought he did a good job for us, but yeah. it was, I think the board kind of gave in to sort of pressure from the fans. And then Billich came and we went on that amazing season at the bowling last season. At yeah. The bowling. Yeah. You know, what, what clicks that year for Billich? What did you make of him as well? Um, I'd start off Slav was as every West Ham fan would say he's, he's he's an absolute gentleman of a man you won't meet a nicer geezer in football and a, and a great manager and just I don't know really he, he come in and gave everyone a lift gave the whole club a lift as in his personality the way he was the way he was with the players he wasn't he wasn't always football 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 do you know what I mean he knew all my kids' names. He knew all Nobs' kids' names. He knew everything. Do you know what I mean? He'd come in. Yeah. Say like you'd lost the game on a Saturday. You're coming in. No disrespect. This is how Sam done it. You come in on a Monday morning or a Sunday morning. You're getting a bollocking. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're, you're in front of the video. The body bar. Slavin had a perfect, like, I don't know. It was just an amazing way of sort of talking about it, but sort of putting it to one side, asking about your family. How was your weekend? And then later on in the week, you sort of bring up things that you hadn't done in a game that he wasn't happy with. And just had a, a, a just a great way about him that sort of wanted you as a player. You just wanted to give you everything for him, um, and and that's what the boys did. And like you say, we had a, we had a, an, another great team. Mm. What an amazing mm. season! Oh yeah, memorable. Oh, one of the best, memorable. Everything about it, unbelievable. It was an incredible season, and a big part of that season was Dimitri, of course. Yeah. Um, just how good was he? Because we saw him on a match day, but you had the pleasure of training with him. I mean. He was one hell of a player, Ginge, wasn't he? I don't know if it was a pleasure training against him, to be honest. <laughs> I, 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 spent, I spent half the time off my arse. <laughs> um, I know, I'm not sure many West Ham fans have thanked me for saying this, but he's got to be in the top three or four, five West Ham players for me. Mm, he yeah. was just everything. He was sensational. Um <clears throat> where do you start you, you you guys all see it on a Saturday and he, he was just exactly the same in training it's just incredible way of, of not giving the ball away he was so hard to get the ball off physically, physically strong um, quick had amazing feet and just just a pleasure to be in the same team as you ask Nobes and I think Nobes will say the same thing he always speaks about Dimi I think I think Nobes puts him in his in his all time 11 just uh, just a great player and for the certainly the first season, that season and the uh, the last at the at the at Upton Park, he was he was sensational. He was he was winning games. How Gareth Bale wins games for Wales, if that makes sense. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that like, makes sense. Yeah. 
mm. with Wales. The only way I can put it, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is gone. I'm talking too much shite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we had we had ten players that would be work hard and do and, and be good technically, but then we had Gareth Bale who would go and win a game for for us. And, mm. and 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 Dimitri was doing that in a lot of games for West Ham that year. You know, he'd get a free kick. Some of his free kicks were off the charts, like Unreal. ridiculous. So we knew with a player like that in our team, if we were solid and defended well with the players we had, and we had Dimitri who could do anything at any minute, we had a, we had a great chance. And obviously that season was was incredible. So obviously the next year it started to fall away, and that was partially or largely down to Pye again. Do, yeah. do you think that he, the way he sort of behaved after he'd been away with France and stuff was the reason we did so poorly? I mean, how, how much of an effect did it have on the team? Um, I think it affected Slav more than the boys, you know. I, I remember looking mm. at interviews and Slav getting asked about it all the time and he could see his barnet falling out every question and all sorts <laughs> of things. <laughs> he was struggling. But... um. Now you must say, like he come back from, was it the Euros we come back from? I think when it yeah, really, really yeah. done well, and he, I don't know if he had had his head turned or he had spoke to someone, but he was he was a different he was a different fella. Um, and it's true what you say. He come in, he wasn't he wasn't as bubbly. He wasn't really speaking to the lads, and um, clearly something had gone on. I don't I, don't ask me if it's true or not. You hear rumours, stories about his personal life, but I think he just genuinely. Got a taste of the, the 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 sort of players he was around with France in the summer in the Euros and thought I want a bit of that and 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 shot off yeah but towards the end yeah he was a, he was a bit of a prick to be honest yeah. <laughs> so, so would, would you say he was a bit of a prick towards the end or or he was always a prick but made more of an effort with the players when um, when things were good at West Ham? Nah, I think if you look back he. The way he's gone about it, he's used West Ham as a stepping stone. You know, he's he's gone there, got, gone in, had a good, good season, and thought, right, I'm going to go and, like I say, use West Ham as a stepping stone and try and get into a Champions League team and, and get more money. Um, I wouldn't say he was always a prick. Me and me and Noves and everyone always got on, got on quite well with him. He was uh, he was good in the dressing room that, that first season, and like you say, he was sort of worshipped in a way because what he was doing on the pitch. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, good lad. And then obviously, like you said, what what went on the second season was bizarre. I think he's had his head turned at the Euros by a player, and it's he's come in and decided to do what he done, which is which is disappointing, really. Yeah, I mean, eventually um, Slav left the club. Yeah. Um, do you think it was the right time for him to go? Do you think it was justified? And, and in your opinion, what went wrong for him? Um, I don't think it was justified. Uh, I think. If he'd given the time, I think he would have done, kept us up quite comfortably. Uh, I don't know. I can't, you can't put your face. It's, it just seems to be West Ham. You know, you have one good season and the next season it's like, fucking hell, here we yeah. go again. Yeah. Sure yeah, we'll be doing this will... for 30 odd years, man. Yeah, do you know, like you have a good season. Yeah. You have, you have a good season, you think, right, here we go, kick on, we'll look for top 10, top 8. And then you're thinking, fucking hell, Christmas, we're looking at relegation again. Yeah. yeah. West Ham uh, way. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, you can't put your finger on it. I was gutted. I must say, I was gutted when Slav left. I got on unbelievably well with him uh, mm-hmm. as a fella. He, I thought he was great, and as a manager, I thought he was great. And it was a tricky one for me because obviously that season as well, I was going to Slav asking about my contract because obviously it was running up that season, and, and, and I couldn't get any answers off him because he didn't really know what was going on. So it was 
it was a sad time. I still speak to Slav now, every uh, every couple of weeks. Still, really? still stay in touch. Yeah, he's a he's a great fella. Nice not, not, not not an opening for you at West Brom. Nah, don't think so. Might go in as might go in as kit man or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that, I am fitter now than I probably was whenever I was playing. I'm that, wow. I'm, that I'm, I'm that bored. I've been out running and I'm probably slimmer and lighter and yeah. fit, fitter now than I've ever been. It's the kids that keep you on your toes in your garden at the moment, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm going running to get away from the kids, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> if that was the case, I would have lost this. I, bet, I, bet, I, better not, I better not say the missus as well, because just in case she listens. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then, obviously, halfway through the season, he does go. David Moyes yeah. comes in. Again, another manager for you. What was he like? Was he the right appointment? Obviously, he kept us up. So he kind of did what he was brought in to do. Yeah, exactly that. He, uh, <clears throat> well, I can sort of imagine the conversation now between him and David Sullivan. You know, it'd pretty much be do what you've got to do to keep this to keep our team in the Premier League. Yeah. And 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 that's what he done. He came in. He was thorough. He was sort of got a back, got us back to basics. If if you mean sort of playing playing a similar way to Sam did really in a way where we knew we played a certain way to win football games because that's what we had to do do you know what I mean no one at the end of the year no one was going to say to us oh we stayed up but we didn't play the best football everyone would have just said we stayed up do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. so um, yeah he was thorough I remember doing set plays on a Friday with Moisey and um, we'd be out there for an hour like set plays against set plays for where people got to stand do you know like the basic I don't want to say basics because you're professional footballers, you should know what you're doing. But you know, just drumming it into you that you know the amount of goals that are scored from set plays. He sort of said, if if we stop conceding from set plays, we'd have a great chance. And and that's why he spent that sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? That detail on certain things that would that would get us the results. And like you say, we we did it and, and stayed up in the end. Mm. What did you make of the protest that year and the pitch invasions? Uh, Burnley game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was bizarre. Um, I think because we was only obviously it was a massive game, and we 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 were sort of feeling that as players how big that game was. And I think we we weren't played. We didn't start off well. I think we were, I think stop me if I'm wrong here, but we went one nil down, and then it all started, didn't it? Yeah. And I remember when the geezer went on the pitch, I'm going to him, look, mate. I know you you've got the ump and bloody bar, we ain't playing well, but we're one nil down. Like, no, like we, we could still win this game. I understand what's going on and blah, 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 but we could still win this game. But as soon as that happened, bang, that was that was game over for that one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm not saying they've done wrong, because, you know, I'd never say that about a fan who feels like they've got to say something. But I think at that time, in that game, it was probably, it didn't it didn't help us anyway, put it that way. No, exactly. I mean, it must be hard when that's happening, obviously. And there's such a negative vibe in the stadium as well to yeah. sort of hit your head on the game. Well, the, the, the hardest thing about it is yeah, you're petrified. If you go into a football game petrified to make a mistake, you're going to make mistakes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. at that time, when you go into a game and you're thinking, shit, if I fuck up here and bloody bloody go goal down, I'm going to get absolute pelters here. Yeah. So it, when, you, when, you're playing with, when you're playing with fear as a player, it's even harder. And sort of, I remember at that time, going into games, just thinking, Ginge, don't make a mistake. Try, well, I made a lot of mistakes, most games, but really, really try not make any mistakes to, to give anyone a reason to come for you. And I think, I haven't spoke to the players about this, but I can imagine 99% of those boys were thinking exactly the same, which 
like I said, you can't play football with, with fear in you because you'll, you'll end up fucking up, basically. Well, that's yeah. why I never understand why fans want to boo players. All right, yeah, you might have players that you think aren't oh, playing well, aren't putting the effort in, but getting on their yeah. back is never going to improve the situation, is it? Because it ain't going to go into games like you're saying with that kind of fear every time. Yeah, exactly. Mm. No, no, I don't care what club you play for, what manager you play for. No player on this earth goes into a game wanting to play bad or going in to play bad. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I, I think fans who boo their own players is is not on really. Do you know what I mean? They're not going out there to perform how they do. And, and if anything, like you're saying, they're, they're they're making the situation worse just by just by putting the fear of God into it by making mistakes and and making the situation ten times worse. But I always find I, I can't speak for every player, but if I you sort of know, I sort of knew myself within the first 10, 15 minutes if I was going to play well. Do you know if a ball come up and you'd win your first header or your tackle, you'd make a big tackle. I always knew that I'd have a good game. Yeah. So mm. so I always I always try to make sure that the first header that come up, bang, I'd, I'd slap it up there like a good header or whatever. But then even it, some games, you, you're not in it, you know, mentally-wise. I always made sure, regardless if I'm going to have a good game or not, I ain't making that fucker from the other team have a good game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to run around. I'll, I'll try and make it as hard as I can for him. Where that was my That was my way of dealing with probably not playing as best, but other players sort of shrink, don't they? Do you know what I mean? When they're getting booed, they go into their shell and yeah, and sort of it makes it worse. But for me, I just made sure I run around and ta- tackled anything that moved, really. No, definitely. And I mean, it was sort of, you're obviously a very popular player at West Ham and then it came to sort of the end of that season. And despite yeah. the fans doing all they could to try and get the club to get you, give you a new contract, um, it turned out that you weren't to get one. And, yeah. and you found out via email. Now, I mean, I know you spoke about this before, but how sort of true is that? Mm. And, and and how cold as such were West Ham towards you? Um, I got an email. I, I, I'll have to I'll have to describe this correctly. So I sort of was 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 chatting with Moisey about my contract situation, uh, but Moisey couldn't give me any answers because obviously he didn't know if he was staying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so he couldn't go. Yeah, Ginge, bang. There's a there's a one year contract. Love to see you next season because he didn't have a contract himself. So the last game was sort of coming up, coming up, and my agent was sort of talking with uh, with Dave Sullivan, but enough. It was sort of it was neither a yes or a no. So that was my biggest frustration that I didn't get. I didn't really get a no going into the Everton game. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, because I I couldn't. If they had just gone no, you ain't getting a contract. I could have made a bit more of that. Everton game, do you know what I mean? My last yeah, game, yeah. So with the not knowing, sort of killed me really. Um, like me and No sort of spoke. He gave me the captain armband. I said to him, look, this this could it doesn't look like it's going too well with my contract. This could be my last game. So we done the uh, done the captain's armband thing. But then obviously the season finished, and a couple of days later, um, again it wasn't a really a yes or a no. Uh, I think they decided that Moisey was going. And the answer I got off, Dave, or we got off Dave Sullivan at the time, was the new the new manager, whoever that might be, will have will have the call on on the situation with your contract. So I was like, all right, lovely, sweet. A couple of days later, I get this email <laughs> from the from the club, which is basically you're you're not you're not being taken on for next season. So that was that's that's how that came about. But then since that, I was obviously fuming with this. So I've sort of said a few pieces in the press, blah, blah, blah. But I wasn't to know this email was sort of 
because I've never been out of contract before, this was a sort of generic email that went round to all out the contract players. Mm-hmm. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. I'm yeah, trying to explain it as well as I can. So this email was sent out. There was probably other players who were who were out of contract at this time um, who got the same email, but I didn't know anything about it. I'd never heard of this email that goes around saying you weren't on the retained list. I think it's called. Yeah. So obviously I've I've gone mad. I'm thinking, crying to the missus, thinking I've been released by email. Blah blah blah. Probably said a few things that I wish I hadn't said or or people I, had, I hadn't said stuff to. But um, yeah, somehow it got, my close friends knew anyway that I, I had got this email and, and obviously it got out that I'd been released by email. But that was it. I didn't hear anything after that. So pretty much the final answer was from that from that email. Blimey. I mean, mm. that, that's just not good to hear as a West Ham fan. I mean, you know, fans would cry out for you to get a testimonial. Um, yeah. I guess you haven't heard mm. anything about that either. No, no, that won't happen. I don't, I don't know... It, it might do. I don't want to say it won't happen. I'd love one. If I, if I got a chance to get a testimony at West Ham, it would be, it would, because in a weird sort of way, I've still, as much as I love, still love the club and loved everything about it, I've still got to, which pains me to this day, that I've still got that little sour bit about how it ended, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm, 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 I'm big enough and ugly enough to if whoever at the club turned around to me and went, Ginge, buddy, bro, you've had your time. There's nothing here for you next season. I would have sort of held my hands up Made, made the most of, done more with the fans in that last game, maybe the players. Do you know what I mean? I was there 11 years. I, I remember looking back and Vincent Company and players who'd been at different clubs walking out on the pitch and getting introduced. You boys know me. That's not sort of, that's not sort of me, how I am as a man, but it would have been nice to have something a little bit more than, than I actually got, you know? Yeah, 100%. I and mean, yeah. it doesn't sit well with the fans either. You know, I think no, there's a lot no, of bitterness no. from the fans towards the club yeah. as to how it was handled, unquestionably. There's still, there's, there's a, honestly, I'm not just saying this, I'm playing the violin on that. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about my time at West Ham, the time I left. It's, it's, con- it's still now to this day, I, I get, I probably get approached about it more now than when I was actually playing. Do you know what I mean? Not about how I left, just my time at West Ham and fans still on Instagram now, fans thanking me for my time. Bearing in mind, I left almost two years ago now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. For it to still, for it to still be, still be how it has is 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 incredible. And like I said, I, I I can't thank the fans enough for how they are with me and how they how they were for the eleven years I was there. But like I said, I just wish I had that sort of. I know I went down a couple of weeks, a couple of months back for a Tottenham game and went out and answered a few questions on the, on the pitch or or whatever. But there's still something there that I'd love to do where I could. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say a testimonial, but something where I could really show and the fact, not be a big edit, but the fans to, to something I could remember. Do you know what I mean? Think, think yeah. about my time yeah. at West Ham and go to my, my kids who, my youngest kid never seen me play for West Ham. Just a day where I could say, bang, remember that? And then draw a line under it and say, what a, what a fucking time I had. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. it's, 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 it's closure. It's positive closure yeah, on a positive exactly. career, isn't it? Exactly that. Exactly that. Um, well, the, I mean, way, the, way, the way I'm feeling, boys, I could be fucking back there in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> I could do with you, mate. I was going to say, back to Cherish, you have to watch since you've gone. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the chance. Give me the chance. I'll come back and play. I'll come, tell Dave Sullivan I'll come back and play for free, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, this probably isn't a fair question, but what are your thoughts on the owners? Um, My honest thought, thoughts are, I think they've done uh, a, a good job, uh, certainly financially. I think 
I was away at the time. I think I was up at Villa at the time when they came in, but sort of talking to the players, I know financially, there's no doubt about it, West Ham are in serious trouble. Serious, serious trouble. Of um, I don't want to say going under, but it, it, it was awful. And, you know, fair play to Dave Sullivan and, and, and Dave Gold. They've come in and it looks now that the, the club's certainly financially stable. Um, yeah, and, and, and I think if you look at it, you know, I don't, I don't, you know me as a as a fellow, I don't look into money and, and and bits and bobs, but they've signed players. They've they've spent they've spent money on players. I know I know the fans will probably think they've sold a lot of players and sort of recouped a lot of money, but you know I I, I can't really say from my my sort of point of view, my opinion that they've done nothing but a good job. I know that probably won't sit well with. The majority of West West Ham fans at the minute, but um, I, that's how I genuinely think. You went back to Villa after it ended with West Ham. You stayed there for a bit, and then I think you played six games for Ipswich. Yeah. Um, what's the situation with you now? Have you officially retired? Can you still play? Would you still play? Uh, I haven't officially retired. I haven't. Um, it's a. I would still play, hundred percent, and I and I can I I know for a fact I can still play, but I think. The, the player I was and the player, the age I'm at now, obviously, I'm, I'm still only 36. You know what I mean? You look at look at Gareth McCauley at West Brom a couple of years ago. He was almost 40 playing in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, I've never been quick. I've never been quick, so I've, I haven't lost that. And like I said, I'm, I'm fitter than ever. So I'm not going to say I'm going to play again, but if, if something come up, I'd, I'd jump at the chance. And and I, and I think I'd, I'd still do a pretty good job. I, I think I went to Ipswich last year and, probably didn't take it seriously enough. I think I was probably still mourning, thinking I had a chance of going back to West Ham. I had a bit of funny time at Villa where I ripped a contract up because I got injured. So I think mentally I wasn't right going into that. But now I've had a bit of time off. I'm like, listen, I'm not saying I'm ever going to play again, but I'm, I'm, I'm not retired. But um, I, I, I know for a fact I could still play again. How do you think you'd cope if you didn't play again? I think I'd be all right. You boys know me. I, I always, I say it. I've said it to a lot of people recently, which is, which might sound mad to a lot of players, uh, people. I'm a bit of a normal fella that was lucky enough to play football. I've always sort of told the line a little bit. I've always enjoyed a night out, blah blah. And but I don't know. It's that I've got that sort of. I don't know. I don't want to say working class about me. Where do you know what I mean? I just. Yeah, I don't know. I've just been. I, I think I've just been lucky. I had the career I did or have at, the, at a perfect time, where I could sort of do be the normal geezer that I wanted to be off the pitch and play football at a very good level. If that makes sense, it, it, yeah. it might not make sense in anyone's head. No, it does. It does. Yeah. And I think that's the that's how I played because I was sort of playing as a fan. Do you know what I mean? The, the tackling and just buzzing to be out there and 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 felt lucky if anything lucky to be lucky to be playing in the Premier League lucky to be playing for West Ham so I just made sure I I, I, I did everything I could to play as well as I could in, 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 in the games I played in well that's why the fans really took to you mate definitely yeah. and I mean um, so sort of now you're running a like a sort of soccer school um, yeah. which is a bit a big plug to that because it's really good you know I know a lot of people that have been to it they've yeah. loved it you know and I've promoted it a bit for you and always got positive yeah. feedback so shout out to that but um, and we'll sort of put some details out about how people can get involved but would you ever consider 
being a coach or a manager? And, and have you ever been approached by West Ham to go back in any kind of coaching capacity? Um, to be honest, like I said, since I left West Ham, I, I, I've just been having a bit of time. Like I know I went to Ipswich and Villa and that was a bit of a disaster up at Villa, but I, I, I hadn't thought about being a coach. Um, obviously, I'm still close with Danny Gabadon, uh, Teddy Sheringham. They, they've obviously both had a go at coaching and managing. And I haven't had, I think when you're first trying to get into it, there's that many players and ex ex players trying to get into coaching that is is so saturated that it's it's tough unless you go in and absolutely smash it like I don't know like a Frank Lampard or whatever it's 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 quite hard to get into uh, mm-hmm. and be successful so that sort of put me off but now I've had a bit of time off and sort of had a bit of time in my family I'm thinking more that I'm gonna do my badges well whenever we get out whenever I get out of this house <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get, the, uh, get, get 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 the badges done and. And then they're there. Do you know what I mean? Who knows? One day, like I said, I'm close with Kev Nolan. He was to get a manager's job and say, Ginch, you fancy coming down and doing a bit of coaching or, or whoever, Slav. Do you know what I mean? So if I've got them and, and someone approaches me, I'll, I'll definitely do it. But um, going to West Ham, I've no, nothing. Well, I haven't got my badges, so they obviously yeah. know that. So I, they, 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 they couldn't approach me for anything uh, coaching-wise until I, until, I got my, until I got my badges. But um, mm-hmm. like I said, if I get them, I would... I'd, you know, I'd bite someone's arm off to be back there in a, in a in a coaching capacity or or any way I could be involved with that club because I think I, I know players go going for clubs, but this is I'm not taking a piss here. West Ham is is a massive part of my life still now. Do you know what I mean? I'm a West Ham fan, and and to go, to to be able to go back there in some sort of capacity, I, I got asked to go back and do you know what like Carlton and and Marlon do? Do you know like the match day yeah. sort of yeah. yeah. That's, you know, like it's, it was lovely of them to ask, but that's not sort of me. I want to be, I'd, I'd rather be something a bit more hands on where you're helping the football club a little bit more football wise. Do you know what I mean? Mm, I've been at a club yeah. for 11 years. I feel I've got a lot to, to like if I, if I walked away now and wasn't a coach or wasn't involved in football, I think it's a waste. Put it that way. Do you know what I mean? So if I get my badges done and I'm asked to come back, I'd, I'd be all over it. I think the fans would take that, mate. I mean, as yeah. I do on Twitter, I um, cryptically put an ex-player was going to be coming back to coach. Yeah. Obviously, I knew it was going to be Kevin Nolan, but I didn't actually name the, the person. And yeah. a lot of people were pushing for you to be that man. I think it was a real yeah. sort of popular sort of feeling that the fans wanted that. So, yeah. I once you get those badges, mate, well, certainly the fans would be more than, more than uh, happy for you to come back, definitely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see you back there as well. And, uh, you know, on this podcast, plenty of times we've yeah. flagged up that, in our opinion, there's not enough characters at the club. But that extends no, off the pitch as well as on it. And I think to be training every single day with characters like Kevin Nolan and James Collins, that yeah. can only be a positive thing for, for all of the players. So, I, you know, I hope it happens one day. Yeah, well, you're going back to characters. I think that's... That's hugely underrated, that. You can't have a group yep. of players going into a dressing room that are like robots. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Like, I know it's, it's a, it's a high-pressure game and body bar. I get all that. But you have got to have you have got to have characters. West Ham got them at the minute. You know, the boys would have told you Robert Snodgrass is by far the funniest man in football. <laughs> obviously, yeah. obviously no, Nobes, Nobes is a great lad. He's, he's a leader. He's, 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 a, he's a character. Crazy. But you need... You, you'll always need them in a successful team. Mm-hmm. Whatever team you go to, I don't mean characters who would, do you know what I mean, like taking the piss and body bar, but boys who 
I like to think every every day I trained, I gave my everything. Every game I played, I gave everything. Listen to when I had to listen, but I also enjoyed it as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I want a, yeah. I want a robot where I sort of bang, bang, bang. I, 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 I've got like every minute of it I enjoyed and, and, and that was being a bit of a character, I suppose, which like you say, there's, there's not many of them, not, not many left in football anymore. No. No, it's true. It's very true. There certainly yeah. isn't isn't many leaders and characters yeah. or enough of them at West Ham at the moment, in my opinion, anyway. And I think X agrees. Um, yeah, so uh, you, you're certainly missed at West Ham, James, that's for yeah. sure. Talking about the fans, well, hopefully when we get back to uh, to normal, my boy's bang. He, he was always on and off. My boy Dylan was always, uh, he was a bit all sports, but he's banging to his football in a minute. So I'm going to try and get to a load of load of away games when we start again. Oh, oh nice. nice. Well, take him, Hello. take the boy to come up, yeah. Yeah, we'll yes, see you sir. there then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good stuff, Ginge. Well, lots and lots of people have sent questions in for you, and me and X are going to take turns in reading them out. The first one is coming from at Spaceboo. How would you like the season to be finished, and how and when do you think the authorities will end it? Cool. Um, I, to be honest, I, 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 I don't know. I can't, t- I can't say when it's going to be finished. Um, I think they've got to finish it. Either way, because of the finance financial situation, but um, to say when it is is I, I can't. I don't even know when we're allowed out of the house, let alone play football. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if, you were, if you were still playing, Ginge, uh, in what's been a really really bad season for West Ham, would yeah. you kind of be up for cutting your losses and writing this season off and starting a fresh next season, or, or would you rather play out the season if you could? When we're in a relegation battle, technically. Uh, personally, I'd rather see it out and do it and play it um, mm. just because I'd be confident if I was in that West Ham team now that we'd, we'd have the players and the manager to, to get us out of it. So mm. I think the, the repercussions of not playing it would be far too big. So I think it's got to get done. And I think I think West Ham would be more than fine and should be confident when it does get going that they'll stay up quite comfortably. Mm. Good stuff. And this is at RIP underscore the bowling. Um, back in 2018, when those fans ran up to you and Zabaleta on the pitch against Burnley, what were they actually yeah. saying to you? Uh, well, the one with the flag, the, the geezer with the flag come up to me. He was just saying, look, I, I think he said something along the lines of, I just can't sit back and see my club going this way or something along those lines. And I was like, I went to him like, fair point. I understand where you're coming from, but we're in the middle of a game here, and a game we're trying to win, which is a, an important game. And yeah, just frustration on on my part, part really, because it was only one nil. And like I said, we felt like we probably would have gone on and won the game, even though we were one nil down. But um, like I said, I, I do get what they were doing, but it, it, it didn't help us at the time. Mm. This is from at Frenchy two two six. Uh, putting you on the spot here a bit, Ginge. Tell us the funniest encounter you've had with a fan. Funniest encounter I've had with a fan? Mm. Um, God, there's been so many. I've normally been pissed most of the time. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably why I can't remember them. Uh, <laughs> what, as in, like, just in general? Out on the street or on the pitch or what? Yeah, something that's just say. made you chuckle when you've had interaction with a fan. It can be in any scenario whatsoever. Well, I must. I'm not sure this will answer the question, but I, I was going. I used to go to a casino quite a lot in London, uh, and the geezer on the door knew knew I played for West Ham, knew I played for Aston Villa, knew I came back to West Ham, knew everything about me. But every time I went there, he called me John Collins. 
<laughs> and it was like, <laughs> do you know when they got too awkward? And he was a fan. He was a West Ham fan. He was like, I'm a massive West Ham fan. I went, well, you clearly ain't that big a West Ham fan. But but then they got past that point where it was awkward. So I just let him call me John for from now on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh. the next one. The next one, John, is um, at, <laughs> at, at Macca 17, Paul. Um, Ginger, an absolute legend, and having met you a few times, you're a proper top man. But if you weren't the one and only Ginger Pele, who would you rather be, Ginger Ronaldo or Ginger Messi? Oh, Messi every time. This is from at Andy Gunning. Has there ever been anyone in training that you've had to let them know you were there? And if yes, who? I can't. I can't remember actually doing anyone to for a reason. But me, me and Nobs always used to have a little bit in training. He used to. I used to kick him. He used to kick me. Uh, but that's the that's the only ones I can really think of. I think it was because we were both. I think sometimes me and Nobs used to go into tackles in training, and other players used to look like, fucking hell, this is training. Like, what are these boys doing? But we was we was the same sort of player where we trained how we played. Do you know what I mean? So it was only. Only ever me and Nobs, really. We used to kick, we used to, we used to kick each other. <laughs> so, so this is at underscore Elliot underscore one. What was your best moment in a West Ham shirt? Best moment in a West Ham shirt. Do, 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 do. Weirdly, which was the most... I think it's got to be Old Trafford staying up, 2007. Mm-hmm. I know it's not... Obviously, I didn't play in the cup final. But just... Everything about it, I think everyone was writing us off, and 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 to be sat in that dressing room at Old Trafford, uh, and played played really well in 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 ten, nine ten games leading up to it, which which helped keep the club in the Premier League. I think it's the best feeling I've had playing for West Ham. Just sat in that dressing room. I remember that day, Man United had won the league, and obviously I was I I knew Ryan Giggs, and they were out, uh, obviously doing their champagne and and collecting the trophy now. And as Giggsies walked back in, I went. Giggsy, grab us a couple of bottles of champagne from your dressing room, will you? So, so I was sat in the, I was sat in the old Trafford away dressing room, celebrating relegation with a champions bottle of champagne. <laughs> Is that right? Did that actually happen? Yeah. True story. Yeah. <laughs> what so was the nuts. What was the last day of um, like the last game at um, the bowling like? I mean, I, I can't. I think you're on the bench for that as well, weren't you? Yeah, what would I was. Like to be a part of that day. It was bittersweet for me, really. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I, I was pleading. I've, I've never asked the manager to be put on or put me on, boss. Do you know what I mean? I'm not that sort of boy. But I was desperate, desperate, desperate to be on that pitch. Uh, I was I was desperate to start the game, obviously, but when I wasn't starting, I was desperate to get on and and didn't get on. But I, I don't want to say a great night. The, the the game was great. It was it was obviously a sad night, but um, just just one that I'll I'll remember forever. Yeah. Uh, uh, this one's coming from at Bruno Winter Six. Ginge, do you think you could have played for longer at the highest level? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I I I know you ask ex-players all the same I can still play now blah de blah but I genuinely think I could still play mm. uh, in the, and people are laughing at me but it's just the way I think I genuinely think I could play in the Premier League still I'm probably fitter than I've ever been um, my, my my injuries seem to have cleared up the not what I was getting from training every day probably come back when I started training but I certainly could have played for longer I don't want to say I could play now but I could certainly definitely play longer 
I mean, are, are you are you getting any offers, Ginger? And that's probably a bit of a personal question, but are you quite surprised that you've not been snapped up? Um, I genuinely think people thought. I don't want to say because I played at the, the highest level for so long. I genuinely think like lower league clubs might have thought that I would have laughed at them or I was on too much money. Bloody blah, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I had the odd offer, but I remember my agent saying that clubs think you're on X amount they can't afford you, and that's it was, it's not the case. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I love playing football. I would have I would have gone. I would have listened to any any offer and uh, and and thought it through if it was right for my family. I would have played. Mm. Ipswich was perfect. Ipswich is an hour up the road, obviously, so that worked a treat. And I loved my time there. Great set of lads, and but just yeah, we'll see mm. what happens. We'll see what happens when the football gets back on. Um, I think you've kind of answered this, so I'm going to take Danny Gabadon out of the equation. But um, Heavy Sunshine says, if you could choose any current or former West Ham player to be your centre back partner, who would you choose and why? Winston Reid. Okay. Um, just again, similar to me and Gab's got on great uh, on and off the pitch. Had a just had a great understanding. Uh, no disrespect to any of the, uh, the other lads, but I really enjoyed playing alongside Winston. He was uh, he was a top centre half, and um, and I like to think I sort of turned him into a better player. <laughs> yeah, well, he was yeah. a brilliant player, definitely. At Digit One Hammer eighty nine says, looking forward to this one, loved Collins. We have desperately missed him at the back. What do you think our main issue has been this season? Would you agree that we've not got enough leaders in the team? And is Mark Noble enough to get the team going? The main issue? um, You can't really put your finger on it. I I think spend, how I'd look at it, I think spending all that money on Haller and, and him scoring seven goals, is it, or eight goals is... It's probably not ideal. Do you know what I mean? You, mm. you sort of spend that money on a centre forward, and if you, you want him to come in and be scoring at least, do you know what I mean, 15, 16 goals. Um, I don't want to, you know, chuck knives here, but I don't think the defending's been anyway near good enough. Um, some of the goals I've seen going in have, 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 have not been great, and like you say, just genuine, genuine leaders in the in the in the in the team. Um, I think there's games that they've lost that they should have won where where if they had more leaders in the in the team rather than just relying on nobs to sort of dig a few out or whatever would have they would have won the game. I think they've chucked too many points away from being in winning positions. Again, mm. that comes for me that comes down to leaders, boys who really want to. Do you know what I mean? Like for me, the best the best result in football was one 0 If we won one 0 that's nobs. I'd be buzzing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, just just something to hold on to. And I don't. Certainly early on in the season, I didn't see enough of that desire to, to hold on to a win. And um, yeah, that, 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 again, that comes down to leaders, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, then, so this follows on from that a bit. Um, at Greg Morgan 124, with Mark Noble getting criticism over the last few seasons, can Ginge tell us just how important he is on and off the pitch? How deep does his influence go? He's, he's massive. I've said it in interviews before. Mark Noble to that football club is, is everything. Not just on the pitch, off the pitch. What he does, what he does for new signings coming in and and sort of helping them out, making them feel welcome. That what he, the work he does in the community, um, just everything, everything that epitomises playing for West Ham and and being a West Ham player is is Mark Noble. Um, his performances, I think he's been harshly um, sort of 
uh, criticised, if you like, because I still think he's playing as, as well as he ever has. And, you know, I seem to do interviews all the time and people ask me about Nobs and you, you cannot say what that man doesn't bring to that football club. He's everything, honestly. Mm. Mm. This is from at Stevie Hammer. I think you might have answered his own question here. What, in your opinion, made you so popular with the West Ham fans, apart from the fact you always wore your heart on your sleeve uh, and was an absolute beast who scored a beauty at Chelsea? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, like I said, I think he's answered that. I think that's why, why I got such a good relationship with West Ham fans, because the only way I can describe it, I'm sort of like a, a fan or, or, what, or a, a guy who so realises how lucky he is to be playing, let alone football, but for a, for a club like West Ham. So I made sure, like I say, that's the thing. I, I've always said it. I, I'm ne- I've never been the best, never will or never have been the best technically technical player to ever play for West Ham. But I made sure every game I tried my cock off. Do you know what I mean? Everything I did, tackles, whatever. And I, and I, and I think that's genuinely why West Ham fans sort of related to me, if you like. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think you've answered quite a few of these, so I'm going to skip a few now, and I'm going to go down to at Mark Noble is my dad. (laughs) Um, And he's asked, (laughs) Dear James, how does a ginger like myself find a nice wife like yours? Oh, Jesus. He's been been perving on Instagram, hasn't he? <laughs> I, I like to think I like to think it's my dashing good looks, but I think I, I think it would probably be hanging around one nine five in Epping too much. <laughs> oh, brilliant! This one's from at alt underscore sb. Who is the toughest opponent James has faced? Cool. I got asked this earlier on actually in an interview. I always say Didier Drogba. Yeah, it's great players. Yeah, just I normally used to like playing against like a bigger player. Do you know what I mean? I could have a bit of a fight with and have a battle with, but he, he just had everything. He was a big lump. He was quick. He didn't mind. He didn't mind running in behind. He was aggressive, and just yeah, always had a tough time. I think for about four years, I think he lost four-one to him every game, <laughs> and he just I don't know. I I I, I never used to have. I never used to think on a Friday night, shit, I'm playing against so-and-so tomorrow. But when we was playing against Drogba, he just, yeah, he, he just had everything. And I, I had a real tough time against him. Yeah. I mean, I think this is probably going to be the last question, but who was the who was the best player you played with at West Ham? I know you said about Pae. You've also said Tevez, Sheringham, maybe. You know, who, yeah. who, who was the best? Um... See, I'm going to put best down to probably what other people wouldn't put best down to because I'm a bit strange like that. I'm going to go Mark Noble. Yeah, fair enough. Just for the all-round everything. Mm. Uh, I know he's my mate and that and love him to pieces, but just everything. He, technically superb. Great lad. Uh, just everything. I know, mm-hmm. like... That's probably my heart ruling my head, but if, if if you was to put a gun to me head and say he was the best player you played with at West Ham, I, I I'd have to say Mark Noble, I think. I, I, but I have obviously, like you say, the names I mentioned, other people. Matty Everton in his prime was a tremendous player. Um, yeah. So many you could name, but as a, as a, as an overall player and everything he brings to the club and the team, I'd have to say Nobs. Yeah. Uh, Gabs ain't gonna be happy with you, Ginge. 
Nah, I, I tell Gabs every day that he's the best. Don't worry about that. <laughs> right. Okay, mate. That is the end of the show. Ginge, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, mate. No problem. Anytime. Thank and, you, mate. Uh, and, and listen, on behalf of every West Ham fan out there, thank you so much for the service you gave the club. And, and I hope you realise that you'll always be loved and respected by West Ham supporters. And we wish you all the very best for the future, pal. Yeah, the same. I'd like to thank all the West Ham fans. Hopefully, fingers crossed, if I can get something sorted, we can you know, get something done where we can all get together and have a, have a laugh or have a game or something. But um, yeah, thanks for everything. 11 years, best years of my life. And thank you all from, from me, really, as well. Good man, and thank you, mate. And uh, thanks to those at home for listening and giving us your questions. Stay safe, be lucky, and until next week, come on your irons. It's Macy's Labor Day sale, so gear up as summer cools down with 30% off timeless looks from Levi's and specials like 30 to 50% off statement-making shoes for her and 60% off luggage from Samsonite and more. Or use your coupon or Macy's card and get an extra 20% off more great deals. Plus, Star Rewards members can earn rewards even faster during Macy's Star Money bonus days. Going on now. Savings off regular sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Hey, Becky, what about this beat for your next song? Mm, it's cool, but I'm into faster stuff lately. Like Xfinity that gives me beyond gig speeds. Got it. What about this then? Mm. It sounds powerful, just like Xfinity. Because its supersonic Wi-Fi has three times the bandwidth, you can connect hundreds of devices at once. That's what I call power. Unbeatable internet from Xfinity. Made to do anything so you can do anything. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. Requires compatible Xfinity gateway. Limited quantities available. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.